So, what have we missed? What have you missed, Neil? What have, what have <coughs> we missed, Joe? Huh? You weren't here last week either. I was. It's, <coughs> as if, it's as if there were no news. Nothing happened. Nothing happened, yeah. Well, sure, we won't do a show. You know, part of the problem is that... Um, Sorry to anyone who's only just learning. Because, <coughs> you know, not everyone gets a heads up. No, we, what? we have some fans who just follow us. Yeah. On Twitter and so on. Okay. Well, they... Um, yeah, part of the problem is that... Um, for a lot of people who haven't been paying attention and are progressively kind of starting to pay attention because things are going pretty pretty squirrely uh, on the on the old blue marble type thing, um, those all, are those are a bit new to this. Well, yes, it's it's all new to them in a certain sense. Oh my god, how you know they just woke up and it's like, why is this happening? You know, and I, I got to talk about this, and and this is news to me, you know, and you know. It's not really news to us. It's news to us in the details, but not in the overall dynamic in terms of how the whole thing's playing out. Because we've been talking about this for twenty years, literally. Like we, you know, we've been predicting this long before time. Long, I mean, and we were, you know, a voice in the wilderness, and you know, justifiably so in that sense, where it was like we were. You yeah. especially, you're a dinosaur. We're, we we're like way before, way ahead of the curve. You're like, like, no one's one of 10 people, you know, no, writing about stuff no one's, 20 years ago. Yeah, no one's listening to you way ahead of the curve. Like, yeah, fucking Doomer. What are you doing about Doomer? It's all fine. Look, everyone's fine. And it was fine, relatively. I mean, everyone's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you didn't care that much, if you thought that wars always happened and, you know, warmongering and liars and politicians and stuff, well, that's the way it always is. You know, but... What can I do about it? Was always so. Yeah, just ignore it, you know. Uh, but it's the extent to which uh, this kind of pathology is taking hold in position among people in positions of power, and how it's manifesting more and more overtly. That is shocking some people, you know. Well, it's um, come into their homes, into their yeah. personal lives. Yeah. Um, as a general sweep, this is what happens periodically in history that the state in whatever form whatever ism it's it's using to express its intent gets into your life the personal becomes a political as mm. ultra ultra radical feminists were you know sloganeering back in the 60s we've got to make uh, this the, the the personal political that's how we all change the world mm. you know and that that kind of sentiment is make it personal manifest to today in mm. all the various isms you know yeah well there's i mean there's uh the past couple of weeks, I mean, we weren't here last week, but a week ago, more than a week ago, the, the, the UK Telegraph um, started running something they called the Lockdown Files, which uh, were a bunch of WhatsApp messages between, primarily between Matt Hancock, who was at the time of during the COVID nonsense, was the health minister in the UK. And this was a, a, a journalist who... You know, she works for the Telegraph. Uh, she's also an independent journalist, or whatever. But she, um, she wrote a book with him last summer, and as part of writing that book, she kind of co-wrote the book with him on his. And it was it was a glowing kind of like report or commentary on his time as health minister. And she got access to a lot of the WhatsApp messages in order to help him write this book. Right, at the WhatsApp messages from the time between him and other ministers and other people involved, others, the, the chief medical officers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so she, she he voluntarily shared. Yeah, he gave them to her. Yeah, and and but he said with a proviso that listen, don't don't make this public. Don't share these messages. A lot of messages here. We're only going to select some of them from my book. The rest is kind of private, right? But she then reneged on that kind of non-disclosure agreement uh, because uh, she realized that it was uh, she she's persistently or consistently said since then that uh, this is far more important because it's in the public interest because this whole COVID business and the policies that Hancock put in place um, were 
directly impacted the, like you just said, there were, it was personal for the individual that came into their homes, mm. right? So she said, listen, these have to be made public because they exposed what was really going on. Here's one example of it. Uh, if you go to the Telegraph, you, telegraph.co.uk, uh, they have still, it's been like 10 days now, they have the lockdown files as their main main story. Uh, and they updated with, with more new information. This one example is uh, where Matt Hancock basically <coughs> said, um, can you see it there? Can you scroll down, Sky? Yeah, okay. Go on down a bit. Through the actual messages. There you go. So... Um, no, next ones. Anyway, uh, so this was, this is, these are ones between Damien Poole, who's, who's the Department of Health Media Special Advisor, so a spin guy, for Matt Hancock, how to, how to present what was going on to the public, uh, or what they wanted to, to tell the public. He's, he, he's talking there about, um, He's talking there about uh, certain uh, MPs not happy about the prospect of lockdowns, etc. And what should we do about it? And Matt Hancock, as you say, as you can see there, responded to him saying, "We frighten the pants everyone. We frighten the pants off everyone with a new strain, uh, and we don't want to complicate it with Brexit. We want Brexit to take the top line here. We want to scare everybody with a new strain." And they said uh, just down below that, "When do we deploy the new variant?" Now he's talking there about. Um, uh, deploying the new variant. What does that mean? I mean, this is like this is one of the variants of <clears throat> COVID at the time, um, and he's talking about it as if it's some kind of weapon in the hand in his hands that he can use to scare the pants off people. I mean, it's it's loaded with a sense of uh, fakery, essentially, or, or at least disingenuousness about the seriousness of the threat of this new variant and that it was actually being used to um, to scare the pants off people to get them to uh, proper behavior change as yeah, his advice to get, says. To get, the, to get them and other, other politicians to get in line with lockdown, to stop pushing back against lockdown, stop questioning lockdowns. Um, because, I mean, if, if you look at these files, basically it's, it was pretty clear that Matt, Matt Hancock was on a power trip and he was seeing it as his, him as a health minister. He was going to, it was going to be his triumph. I think he actually said that or his victory when uh, he would get the vaccine rolled out and he would get, uh, you know, all the different policies that he put in place. It was all about personal, personal power and personal recognition for him. So uh, that's one example of not a lot of people really, I mean, this made the rest of the media apart from the Telegraph, has, in, in the UK, very little. Um, in um, in the US, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the world, around the rest of the world, nothing. But even in the UK, nothing. BBC, Guardian, etc. Very little, if any, reporting on these files at all, on, on, the, on the content of these WhatsApp messages and what they say about this psycho nutbag, Mike Hancock. And he is a psycho nutbag. There's something very, very wrong with that person. But he's an example of the kind of people who are selected into positions of power in Western governments these days, they are almost by definition, they have to be psychologically deranged in some way. They have to have something, some, are we wanting them as, as, as we would say in Ireland, you know, there's something not quite right about that guy. He, and if you did a proper psychological analysis of him, you'd probably find some cl- clinical diagnosis, mm. uh, maybe some version of narcissistic personality disorder or, or even 
psychopathology. Uh, the other one here is just just to quickly do this because we're not gonna we have to get through a bunch of stuff today. Um, here's another one from the same files. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> there was a guy in um in a, a, a town called Bury who was I think he was a local councillor or a politician member of parliament for Bury and he was against lockdowns and Matt Hancock in these messages it, it becomes clear from the WhatsApp messages that Matt, Matt Hancock said that he would threaten this guy uh, with withholding um, plans or you know stopping plans for a, a learning disability hub so basically a, a centre for disabled people in his constituency and Matt Hancock was going to say to him listen if you don't get bored of the lockdowns with what I want we're going to um, you're not going to get your constituents you're basically we're going to withhold facilities for disabled people in the UK so there's morality for you there's a sense of conscience and morality amongst people like Matt Hancock and other people in, in, in government in the UK government and you can you apply this across the board you know uh, that's how um, yeah that's the, the level of the, the extent of their moral compass let's say or where their moral compass is pointing mm-hmm. they are willing to use anybody and anybody including the most vulnerable society and to deprive uh, and uh, increase the suffering of the most vulnerable in society in order to get what they want uh, and this is these are the people that people are listening to these are people uh, that the ordinary, av- the average member of the population <clears throat> was looking to uh, for guidance and saying, well, if they say what that's what we should do, then you know they've got our best interests at heart, right? Therefore, we should do what they say. And quite clearly, they don't have your best interests at heart. And it's not even that they don't care about. They're not apathetic in that sense. They're not neutral. They clearly, at times, have your worst interests at heart. They're willing to go there, if you know what I mean. They're willing to to punish and make you suffer in order to get what they want. Hmm. So, but again, like, amazing. No, very little, if any, reporting on it in the, in the rest of the media. Okay, that's that's side of the story. And the other one is, well, is there much take up among ordinary people? I think there has been in the UK. Um, not as much as you'd think, though. You'd think this would be a, a social media takeover discussion of this. But I'm, in context, I'm, I think I'm understanding why not. There's an apathy about it because there were, there were, as we went through it, there were even more egregious examples. That were, that one about Bury Town or Council having a specific funding project withheld if you don't comply with mm. our political reasons to mm. hell with science. This mm. is politics, right? It reminds me of the entire city of Manchester was going to have its budget withheld for the year. Mm. And there was a standoff, and it was kind of public. You know, the, the mayor or something like that, I don't know if he's a mayor, the chief councillor in Manchester City, was like, um, he stood his ground for a week, and it was in the, I remember being in the news, you know, and then he gave in and said, mm. okay, well, we're, there was, they were going with zoning, you remember? Yeah. Depending on the level of the region and what level it was at and stuff like that. And he wouldn't go along with it. Mm-hmm. And so they threatened to withhold the entire city's budget. Yeah. I think uh, there, were so, there, were, there were flagrant examples of politicizations <clears throat> along the way you know, yeah. that, that no one could mistake. I think, I think the reason that it doesn't get traction amongst most people in, in the country when, they, when this information is revealed and people should draw the obvious obvious consequences or, or conclusions from from this information. The reason they don't draw those conclusions and don't aren't up in arms about it is because the vast majority of people still believe that they were in 
in the middle of a serious deadly pandemic. Right. And okay, it was difficult for government and they didn't know what to do. It was unprecedented, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so they're not about to, you know, they're not really going to get out in the street and protest type thing and, and really call the government uh, to task over this because um, <clears throat> of all sorts of excuses. The, the, the biggest rationalization they have, I suppose, is the fact that they lived it personally and they still <clears throat> carry with them and will to their dying day that belief that they were in the middle of a serious deadly pandemic and all of their lives were potentially in danger. That's the big lie, uh, the big con about this whole situation. Anybody with any sense at this point, and there are very few people with much sense out there, but anybody with any sense at this point who, you know, has looked into it and, and reviews the, 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 the COVID era or the COVID years you'd ha- and all of the, the data that's come out since then, you'd have to conclude that it was largely a nothing burger that all of the fear and loathing that was going on was entirely manufactured and unjustified manufactured by the government and unjustified um, it really was uh, a nothing burger uh, in, in that respect it was something that in other in, in another context where the government didn't seize on this opportunity as they saw it, to impose this kind of totalitarian control and strictures on on society when they if they weren't of that inclination this would have passed like a blip on the on the health radar, mm-hmm. um, and nothing would have come of it. But that's that's yeah. the world we live in now. So another bad flu season. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, more on COVID origins. What's going on in the US with this? Um, do you want to cross COVID the pond? Or- it's topic related. Uh, well, that's you have. Yes. We have the actual, I have it here somewhere, um, uh, somebody, what was it, one of the, who was it, Grass, is it Grassley? Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley, sorry, yeah. Republican senator from Missouri. Yeah. Uh, sponsored a bill to compl- compel the government to release all files it has on origins of COVID. Um, and uh, passed unanimously right. in the House, in who goes first? I guess the Senate, then the House, because it originated in the Senate. Astonishingly, zero dissenting. So all Democrats, all Republicans, unanimously passed in the House, 419 to nothing, um, this measure. It now goes to Biden to sign. Will he, won't he? It looks like he will. When you get unanimous, it means that, the, you know, <laughs> the wind is sailing in a very specific direction. Right. And the very my suspicion immediately was okay so this is going to be a contrived act of political transparency mm-hmm. with a view to shaping covid origins as china did it mm-hmm. um in case anyone's in any doubt about that josh hawley immediately fires off a letter addressed to Xi Jinping mm-hmm. via the U.S. ambassador. I'm not sure how, exactly how, but it was published letter. He was proud of it. He posted it on his own bloody Twitter page. Short two-paragraph letter in which he says, basically, um, we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is it here, actually. Um, it was pretty, pretty, I mean, does give an insight into how these people at this point are, are, are speaking, the, the level of diplomatic relations between the U.S. and China, but here it is. It's Josh Hawley, representative, uh, Republican representative, right? Um, yes. From Missouri. Dear President Xi, 
Today, the U.S. House of Representatives followed the Senate in unanimously adopting my bill to declassify U.S. government intelligence on the origins of the COVID virus. I know you are keenly interested in this bill. Your own communist officials have written to my office demanding we renounce it. In their, unu- in their usual lecturing, idiotic style. It's not very nice. But the bill will soon be law, unless you can convince President Biden to veto it. Time is up. Come clean about your role in spreading COVID to the world. Now, that guy's delusional, obviously, because but it's part of it's part of an attack on China. It's part of the spy balloon situation, like as we mentioned in the previous show, uh, was deliberately concocted farce, essentially, by elements within the US Washington establishment, deep state, etc., to make a big deal about this otherwise standard balloon that happened to go off course. They could have said, okay, it's no big deal. These happen all the time, but this one just went off course. No big deal. Let's let's drop it. But they made an international incident over it. They shot it down. China saw that as evidence, clear evidence, a message to China that the people who actually hold the power, uh, hold the reins of power in uh, in the US were gunning for China. The, we're not friends anymore, basically. They took that message quite clear, got that message pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And then it's followed up with, with this, which is another attack on China by trying to smear China internationally as definitively and forevermore. The historical record would show that China it was responsible for the deadly global pandemic that beset the world and nearly destroyed economies, et cetera, et cetera, which I have just pointed out was really a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. You see the level of nonsense and deception mm. and bullshit that's going on here from the minute to the macro yeah uh, so yeah that's obviously what's going on but at the same time in um <laughs> yeah at the same time you have um hearings in um in in, in congress i think it's in congress where they brought in you know, health professionals on, and, uh, you know, form, former CDC, uh, direct, former CDC director, director of the CDC to talk about, his name's Redfield, mm-hmm. Dr. Redfield, to talk about COVID. Um, this is just from a few days ago. Have a listen there. It's a few minutes. As COVID-19 began to spread across the world, there were two competing hypotheses about the origin of this virus that needed to be vigorously explored. The first hypothesis is the possibility that COVID-19 infections in humans were the result of a spillover event from nature. This is a situation in which the virus naturally mutates and becomes more transmissible from one species to another, in this case from bats to humans via an intermediate species. This is what happened in previous outbreaks of SARS and MERS and earlier coronaviruses that emerged from bats and spread through an intermediate animal. The second hypothesis is the possibility that the virus evolved in a laboratory involved in gain-of-function research. This is a type of research in which scientists seek to increase the transmissibility or pathogenicity of an organism in order to better understand that organism and inform preparedness efforts and the development of countermeasures such as therapeutics and vaccines. Under this theory, COVID infected the general population after it was accidentally leaked from a lab in China. From the earliest days of the pandemic, my view was both theories about the origin needed to be aggressively and thoroughly examined. Based on my initial analysis of the data, I came to believe, and I still believe today, 
that it indicates that COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak than a result of a natural spillover event. This conclusion is based primarily on the biology of the virus itself, including the rapid high infectivity for human-to-human -human transmission, which would then predict rapid evolution of new variants, as well as a number of other important factors, which also include the unusual actions in and around Wuhan in the fall of 2019, all of which I'm happy to discuss today. Even given the information that surfaced in the three years since the COVID-19 pandemic began, some have contended that there's really no point in investigating the origin of this virus. I strongly disagree. There is a global need to know what we are dealing with in COVID virus because it affects how we approach the problem to try to prevent the next pandemic. Blah, blah. Understanding anyway, not uh, a single person in the room reacted when he yeah, said that. Of course, people were banned for saying that. So that's just is pointing out that, you know, and, yeah, and no one disagrees with it at this point. It's, it's a done deal. Like, I mean, there's various U.S. intel agencies and stuff. Uh, the Department of Energy was first to say that it was uh, probably a, a, a lab leak. Of course, people are seizing on this and saying China did it. But uh, here's Redfield again. Um, because obviously the lab leak business implies gain-of-function research, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's the connection between the Wuhan lab and the National Institute of Health and Dr. Fauci and all that kind of stuff. Here's just 30 seconds of a uh, question by... Dr. Fauci was affirmatively told in, told in an email that uh, NIAID had a monetary relationship with the Wuhan uh, Institute through uh, EcoHealth Alliance. He, he was told this in January 27th of 2020. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. Boom. Thank you very much. That's so, why, and that's why they cut him out of the loop. He right. he was in a circular on the initial emails discussions in January 2020 mm -hmm. with Fauci. He he had a right to be as former head of CDC. He's on a, like an advisory scientific committee. He's supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And then him and the three other guys he was with, also retired, were just cut out of the loop. Yeah. Probably by Fauci. Mm -hmm. uh, Fauci's defense. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to hear it, but he's popped up on TV. Yeah. <laughs> He's come out of retirement. He's probably crapping himself. Um, he's, his defense is that a lab leak could still be considered as coming from natural origins. He's trying to worm his way into both. Um, a lab leak, he says, uh, could be that someone was out in the wild, maybe looking for different types of viruses in bats, got infected, went into a lab, was being studied in a lab, then came out of the lab. <laughs> and that's the definition of a lab leak. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking awesome. You see, see what he's trying to do. He's yeah. trying to say, well, yeah, it could be a lab leak, but I'm still right. It's still natural. Yeah. So if they're going to throw shit at China over this, saying that because it came out of Wuhan, then you have to allow for it. I mean, this guy's, you know, is, uh, what do you call him? Uh, Hawley? Is that his name? Rand Paul, the senator. No, no, the, the guy who sent the letter. Uh, oh, Josh Hawley. Hawley. He said, uh, if he's going to throw shit at China for being the cause of COVID, that you, you spread COVID around the world, mm -hmm. um, then we're going to have to look into the NIH funding of gain of function research in concert with uh, Wuhan labs and all that kind of stuff. You know, that that's obviously has to be pursued right down to 
uh, who actually was really responsible, you know, just because it came, supposedly came from Wuhan. Of course, we don't believe it came from Wuhan back in the day, if you remember, and, and we were reporting at the time on it. Um, it. It happened to coincide, the appearance of it in Wuhan happened to coincide with the international military games uh, that were occurring in Wuhan <clears throat> in uh, late, in, fall, in the fall, autumn, September, October. To, to, to 2019. Yeah. Um, that's when it really first uh Raised its, raised its ugly head and um, well the American military personnel were there and you know, there was all sorts of gain of function research being done on those kind of viruses in uh, uh, labs uh, military uh, bio-warfare labs in, in the US so obviously no one can say that this one who, no one really can say who created this No, it's some person created it, some the, group of people created it, who did it? it's the, the to flesh that out that hypothesis is quite an ask for people because what you're positing is that somebody would have consciously set up the lab perhaps ahead of time. So yes, here's the money trail going from the NIH and the DOD to this lab in Wuhan. Yeah. Okay. That's no say say that's as old as the Eco Health Alliance project, which mm-hmm. is like twenty eighteen. <clears throat> then the year of or just prior twenty nineteen summer, someone goes Okay, so we've got this connection with Wuhan. The international military games are coming up. <laughs> Let's send. You know what I mean? It's kind of multi-layered and complex and probably mm. too much. It, if something like that happened, though, what a setup. What well, a I freaking think... amazing setup because China does look like bloody but, knife in the hand. Yeah, well, there's of course. Little, but, that's why but, they respond to people like Holly and stuff. Look, don't open this can of worms. Yeah. And then they sound defensive. And it's easy to explain to an American and maybe even more generally a Western audience. They do kind of sound kind of guilty, don't they? When they, they want us to look at it mm. too deeply. Mm-hmm. But what the Chinese mean by that is, no, don't look at this too deeply because we have evidence as well that will circle that bloody knife back to Fort Detrick in Maryland. Yeah. Well, nobody has any evidence is the thing. And that's the best, right. the best crimes, uh, you know, are the ones where there's no evidence left for who did it. No, no. It, it disappears. It, it evaporates after the fact. After the, the the deed is done, there's no there's no traces left, and that seems to be the case here. There are no traces. There's no one going to prove. Who's going to prove yeah. that there was a leak from a Wuhan lab three years ago, more than three years ago, three years ago? Who's going to prove that? How are you going to prove that? You can't. Um, so that's why it's just throwing shit. It's like whoever I say did it, then it's smearing. It's smear tactic. It's geopolitics. It's big power. Big powers calling each other names. Uh, of course, America throwing most of the shade at everybody, as they always do. But um, I don't think it has anything to do with the Wuhan lab. Is the thing. I don't think it really has anything to do with Fauci. Like, gain-of-function research is a bad idea, always was a bad idea. And there was always a potential for it, it to go wrong and it, something to leak. Where you, you manufacture a, a more deadly strain of a virus yeah, and, it, and it gets out. In fact, somebody found after it broke out in 2020, I remember a spate of articles people dug up going back over the years. There had been gain-of-function leaks before that. Of course, yeah. But they were contained. And generally, they have good controls in place to stop that from happening. Were they contained, though? Or were they just not made a big issue out of at the time? Yeah, because it didn't <laughs> they go did go out in the general population yeah. as blips. Right. Undetected, yeah, possibly. No eyes were put on it, yeah. But even I'd say there's the this, the you know the different uh, what do you call them levels that these labs have. Um, 
are fairly good at containing and people take it seriously when they're doing gain of function research, they take seriously the possibility of, you know, at leaking and making sure the best of their ability not to let not not for a leak to happen. So that's why I don't think there was a leak in, in, in Wuhan. That's why I think Fauci as evil as Fauci is, um he should be uh he should be jailed, but he's not um because of all the lies that he's told, but um he's not responsible for creating SARS-CoV-2. The uh-huh. Chinese aren't responsible. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's very simple and it, and it fits with the general geopolitical climate in which we were in and have yeah. been in for quite some time where the US is gunning for China and this fits within that. We drop a, a gain-of-functioned or a, a manufactured uh, virus effectively a, a edited or uh, virus on China and just cause chaos basically then then pump it up as this major uh, deadly pandemic and allow governments to go full totalitarian arseholes on it and and then ultimately the end result is you blame it on China you know you, you can spend yeah. it you can blame China I mean the very dropping of it in China I think it I mean my, my perspective is that it came from the US somewhere it was manufactured in the US was brought to China dropped in China and everything else is gravy after that, you know. Mm-hmm. This more than weather balloons is going to be the the thing that greases the wheels to war with China, mm. whatever form that takes. Um, economic, undoubtedly. The headlines this week are last two weeks are insane. One in Australia. Did you see this one about uh, preparing for war with China? The Age. Don't know what that stands for. Big paper in Australia. Big splash. <clears throat> War with China. Of course, none of them will ever mention COVID. COVID has done its job already. Most Westerners do associate China. I mean, we have Trump to thank for that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Kung Fu virus. <clears throat> Australia must prepare for threat of China war. Mm. Graphic just, red alert. Yeah, just change that to uh, Ukraine must prepare for threat of Russia war. You know, um, in the Western press, that's 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 coming from America, basically. That's 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 the U.S. government's uh, catchphrase there in that headline. Mm-hmm. They'd like to, if if I mean, they're gonna. It's not going to happen, I don't think, because they're not able to do it. But in the same way, um, the best they can get is the same as they got from of from Ukraine, which is you try and fight proxy. China proxy war, but fight China. To the last, to the last Taiwanese, you're not going to be able to pull in uh, Australia or Vietnam or uh, Japan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're not that stupid. They're not able to do it anyway. In the same way, or Japan, I'm not sure. yeah, I don't think so. In the same way, um, all they could do was get Ukrainians to fight and die for America's uh, geopolitical uh, goals. They can't, haven't got pull, twenty thousand. Haven't goals. got well. Yeah, officially though, you know what I mean? Officially, they no. throw them in, but they haven't got, in the, in the way that, like that tit- title there says, Australia must prepare for ch- for China war. That's As if Australians full, are full, going to be, yeah, no, they won't. A full mobilized yeah. war of, of, Australia. of Australians against China, it's not yeah. going to happen, right? No. Um, but that's what they'd like to do. So, um, and meanwhile, Xi gets, uh, got re- reappointed for a third five-year term um, yesterday. Um, by 2,952 votes to zero. Uh, Rigged. That's free and for election. Where's Trump? Where's Trump when you need him? 
Rigged. With a stolen election. Um, uh, can we mention something from uh, that we missed from two weeks ago? Hmm. Put this one up. This is the first. If you remember our last show, we discussed the papers published on the, the Chinese Foreign Ministry's office that were like full on, no holes barred. It was the first time China had in any official capacities condemned and judged U.S. policy in, in both detail and in general back through you know, the last century. Mm. Well, this is the first time that I recall a head of state in China giving it to the U.S. no holes barred kind of thing. A headline here, U.S. seeking to contain China, Pres- uh, President Xi. Um, duh. Yeah, I know. Duh, we know that. But still, they've said, they've said the quiet part out loud well, for the first time. Well, the Americans have said it out loud as well, more or less. You know what I mean? Well, China's our, our greatest threat. It's our, you know, Officially, they all said, well, you know, one China policy, we acknowledge Taiwan as, you know, offic- yeah, the official line is not, you know, we're at war with Biden China. is not going to say we're trying to contain China. Well, not yet. Maybe yeah. he's about to probably. Everybody else is saying it. <clears throat> Xi says, Western countries led by the US have implemented all around containment, encirclement, and suppression of China, which has brought unprecedented challenges to our development. Um, scroll down, please. Sound more like Putin every day. She normally retains, refrains. She normally refrains from targeted criticism of the U.S. True. Um, Not after the balloon, man. Right? Do you think that was the the, the Rubicon crossed on this issue? Well, yeah, it made it clear to them, like I said, that she no also said, "No, not she. Zin. I think this is his." Foreign Minister, yeah, Foreign Minister Kin Gang. If the U.S. does not hit the brakes but continues to speed down the wrong path, no amount of guardrails can prevent derailing and there will surely be conflict and confrontation. Kind of fight and talk, which, you know, is unusual for China, but that's that's where we are. They've, they've crossed this threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, cutting to the chase, though, you've already said a war is unlikely, right? Proxy situation, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Okay. It's clear now when you go back to the whole Huawei thing, the TikTok thing. Yeah. Um, if you remember the Huawei case, the allegation was by U.S. prosecutors that the specific crimes were committed by Huawei CEO in flouting anti-Iran sanctions. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. is saying, no, your companies made these deals with Iran. They're against our sanctions, therefore, were sanctioning you, and it led to the imprisonment, temporary, freaking abduction of the the, the Huawei founder's daughter in mm-hmm. Canada. Right? Well, that was always a fig leaf. Obviously, mm-hmm. what we see now is it's beginning to be stated a lot more clearly. We don't. We're sanctioning the purpose of these sanctions in the broadest strokes is to suppress. Chinese access to the free markets because we want our companies to be the first that people go to. We're still number one, baby, in all in all sectors of industry. Well, also last week, the one-time, I don't think he's the current ambassador, one-time ambassador, U.S. ambassador to China was on NBC boasting about how, you know, China is not, we're still number one in the region, blah, blah, blah. Are, are they, though? Um, there's been a serious see change in the background in the last, you know, 10 years. This is um, 
this is a report from the Australian Institute called ASPE, some kind of think tank, military tech think tank. Um, the, the U.S. is, is this goes to the title of our show. The U.S. is in complete denial. They still they still scream that we're number one baby, while sanctioning um, f- friends and allies from trying to from doing business with China in the hope that they are forced or induced, like we've seen Europe, energy wise and tech wise, with respect to Russia, to look west to the U.S. for markets mm-hmm. for both uh, production. <clears throat> And, and a market into which to sell mm-hmm. what they produce. This is a report. Um, China leads U.S. in tech that matters most. If you scroll down, it's like it looks at the 40 top industry sectors or 44 key technologies. China is now leading the world in 37 out of 44 key technologies, including hypersonic missiles, AI, drones, electric batteries, according to this Australian research report. Mm-hmm. So even even when they crow about how we're still number one, it's objectively not the case according to the metrics their own allies are used to using. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not true anymore. They, and, and maybe they see those reports and they deny them, or maybe they just they see them and they go, okay, let's just keep pretending it is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but and not only that, but I mean, on the diplomatic front let's say there was a, uh, an event just yesterday uh, kind of I'm sure it was known behind the scenes but it came out of the blue uh, that was um, to do with Saudi Arabia and Iran oh yeah um, pretty pretty significant if you uh, Iran, Iran and Saudi Arabia agreeing to restore ties with the China brokered talks this has obviously been going on behind, behind the scenes and um, Iran and Saudi Arabia Seven years ago, uh, kind of they uh, cut ties with each other, and have obviously it's been an issue with Yemen over those years. Um, a kind of proxy war uh, going on in Yemen, and you know, basically it served the U.S. and in, in that you know the U.S. had its ally, long-term ally, Saudi Arabia in the Middle East and other Gulf states uh, against the against Iran, Syria, Iraq up until well. Iraq to some extent still, but of course, uh, that's why they invaded Iraq, and that's why they're occupying, uh, actually occupying a bigger part of Syria than Russia is of Ukraine right now, but no one talks about it. Right. It's the level of, that level of like hypocrisy mm-hmm. is just bizarre. It's because because we're doing it, it's fine. You know, it's the old refrain, because we're doing it, it's fine. Anybody else who does it, it's evil, it's war crimes, it's unconscionable. The whole world must uh, stand up against this, despite the fact that America is doing exactly the same thing, but it's all for freedom and democracy, right? It's just bullshit. Anybody who, you know, I can't understand how anybody is naive enough and childish enough to like to, to, to go with that or, or stupid enough to, to just, you know, to, to go with that, that version of, of, of how the world works and how the world should work and how that's fine, you know, and how America is always right. And everybody else who America says is, anybody else who America says is wrong is by definition wrong. It's just like, do you, people are so dependent on official, you know, government missives or statements about what's going on in the world that, you know, they really don't need their own brains at all. I mean, they don't use their own brains at all, even to a small extent, you know. They have no ability, no inclination to think a bit critically about it, to be nuanced, to be, you know, it's, it's that's what we're up against, you know. It, but it, it, they are. Always it, have been. They are. It's an onslaught, what they, what they have to hear, you yeah. know. Um, so they hear all the time. 
Russia and Ukraine, bad, bad, but they just hear it nonstop day to day. They don't even hear. And when they do, it's mentioned in passing. Right. There's no constant bombardment that the U.S. is in northeast Syria illegally. U.S. Mm. is in Syria illegally, illegally. They don't have the bombardment. Right. If there was the requisite bombardment, I, I'm telling you, they would be thinking the same thing. Yeah. So it's all about information, which is why information is such a big big hot topic these days right increasingly so and yeah. clamping down on information um, and who shouts it loudest and yeah. most is anyway that 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 deal is interesting china yeah directly israel you know, shitting itself yeah israel not happy about it america obviously not happy about it very worried about uh the middle east going going east basically and you know obviously saudi arabia is fundamental to the petrodollar and all that kind of stuff it's it's all pointing in the direction of american dominance of the world you know largely to, you know, because of the, the dominance of the dollar, it's all going, you know, south. It's all going bye-bye, progressively, bit by bit. America's fighting it every step of the way, but that's where it's going, and they're very concerned about it. Uh, and that's why, like, like you were saying, information is uh, is where it's at these days. And you actually had that, um, you know, the Twitter files on Matt Taibbi and others who released or, you know, wrote up the Twitter files mm-hmm. over the past month or two and um, they've been, Matt Taibbi and the other guy Schallenberger, two of the guys who basically released the information on Twitter, have been up in front of Congress at the request of Republicans to find out what the Dems were doing, what the FBI, the, the Democrat Washington establishment run FBI and other, all this myriad of other agencies and pseudo-government agencies, all who were involved in suppressing content on Twitter across the board on every topic that didn't suit you know what the official government message was that didn't or went against the official government message they were suppressed over and over again like people saying even they admitted that some of the things in some of the in some of the uh, emails that have been released uh, these groups were saying okay technically what these people are saying is true this was in relation to vaccines they're technically saying what mm. that 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 they're citing factual information about what different countries are doing about vaccines and how there's questions about vaccines, but this could cause vaccine hesitancy. Therefore, we need to suppress it. Higher good. Higher we need good. to suppress the truth. But how is it higher good when you're talking about legitimate that's concerns what, about to. a vaccine that could inform the debate or the questions around vaccines and whether or not vaccines will be suitable for everybody? And maybe they're dangerous for some people. Maybe some people shouldn't have them. No, shut that down because that will, well, a higher truth, the higher truth or the greater good is selling vaccines, selling the, that's what it has to resolve down to. You're, you're, you're based by talking about potential problems with vaccines, at least for some people is going to cut into our market share or our sales of vaccines. That has to be what it is. Cause why, why else would you have a problem with that? Surely it's not against anyone's interest to say, let's look at these vaccines. Okay. Good for some people, not good for others. No, no, no. Shut that down. Why? Why? What's the what only the, reason you could have for that? The, the, the only objective reason, but the reason that you would have been given all through 2021 and into last year as well by people was shut up, take the damn vaccine so we can all get back to normal. Yeah. The psychological pressure they were under to pressure everyone else was unbearable. <laughs> they well, couldn't. Have, they don't have enough moral courage to stand up against that. Check out the mental gymnastics that, uh, as a result of these guys being in front of Congress, like Matt Taibbi and talking about the censorship going on, like the state's sanctioned censorship. Look at the way this guy, a Democrat from Ohio, Landsman, 
look, listen to the way he spins it. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise today to ensure that this debate is placed in an honest and important historical context. In the 1930s Hitler. and early 40s, Hitler needed America out of his war. He used propaganda in this country to divide us and to keep us out of his war in Europe. Pro-Hitler propaganda was all over the country, and it reached this body. We know this now. Members of Congress were in on it. As a Jew, this is frighteningly similar to what is happening today. One year ago, a new foreign adversary invaded Eastern Europe. Putin, like Hitler, wants us divided and isolated from his war. We must be clear-eyed about pro-Putin propaganda and who and why some intentionally and others unintentionally are promoting his will. Why are we being asked to ban American officials from trying to stop propaganda from foreign adversaries like Putin? Why are some proposing we leave Syria, which Putin wants. Okay, Why is the call to abandon Ukraine continuing to emerge from some members? Remember, Hitler did this. He used Americans <clears throat> to spread his propaganda, and it cost oh millions God. their lives. Putin is doing the same thing. I urge my colleagues to vote no on H.R. 140 and to call out any and all attempts to promote Putin's propaganda and will. So you may think what's got to do with Matt Taibbi and the Twitter files and, and censorship on social media. The bill that he's voting, uh, urging members to vote against is HR 140, which prohibits federal government employees from censoring or promoting censorship of speech on social media. And that, that bill was you know, brought up specifically in relation to the Twitter files hmm. and the FBI and various other you know, U.S. government uh, intel agencies and their associated groups that spun off them uh, from, 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 from censoring speech. That, I mean, these people were engaged from sending in sending lists to Twitter and saying we to, want all these accounts muted. Across the board on anything. Now, he brings yeah. up, he's, he's, he's trying to focus it on, on, well, this would stop government agencies like the FBI and stuff from getting social media companies to censor uh, speech on we can't stop the government from getting social media companies to censor speech on social media because that would include that would prevent them from censoring speech that is essentially proxy speech by Putin and Putin is Hitler mm -hmm. so we're back in the 1930s, Germany here, and we're facing a world war, basically, right? This is global. This is America's under threat. That The West, Europe, is under threat from an evil dictator. And the only reason that FBI, uh, members of the FBI, at the behest of the Biden government, or the Washington establishment, censored people on Twitter from speaking truth about COVID, for example, was because that allows them to censor the new Hitler as well. So if you take that away, 
we have to be allowed to censor whatever we want because Hitler is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. We have to be allowed to censor the truth because Hitler. <laughs> That's what that guy's saying. Yeah, yeah. And he says, but, and also I'm a Jew, by the way, so therefore you have to believe what I say. Yeah. You, you can't criticize me now for your anti-Semitic. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like the mental gymnastics there, like that guy is delusional. And he's yeah. like representing how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of American citizens in Congress and government, you know, and he's, he's the best they've got. He's standing. Well, he's his, not. He's representing the war party. His, his brain is mush though. It is much, and he also referenced Syria. I think he was referring to Matt Gates's attempt, yeah. noble attempt, well, see, to all, have a bill and discussion in right. Congress about. He references why are some, US troops in Syria? Some members who are doing this, they're, yeah. they're 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 the ones who are across the board. They're saying the FBI cannot censor social media. The F, well, we need to get out of uh, Syria. We need to get uh, stop funding Ukraine. And they're like, "Holy shit! That's no, that's no." Like, you want to yeah, give? You're Putin, doing what Putin wants. You're giving Putin everything. Yeah. <laughs> But this, so, you're, you're getting a flashback to <clears throat> that. I'm only getting a flashback to 2016. This all comes back to, they began with that issue. But since Russiagate and, you know, Putin stole our election, it's become Putin everything. Um, as someone on Twitter, um, collected as many Putin did this article headlines <laughs> as you could find over the last five, six years. And there's like a list of 50 topic areas. You name Putin it. Did Putin did everything. Yeah. When you do know? you stop believing people like that who, who blame one person for everything? This is this bugbear, you know, this like bet noir who, who everything that I don't like is blamed on this guy. Everything that's going wrong in the world, everything that I'm doing wrong is, is his fault. Anything that goes wrong for me is his fault. It's never my fault. Um, you know, uh, here's an example of uh, also, I mean, this is just one. This is this headline kind of in a way sums up everything that I've heard from Western media about the Russian invasion of the past year. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. it's, it's coalesced in this headline. Yeah. Russian victory in Ukraine, let's say, I could just say Russian victory in Ukraine will be a defeat for, for Putin. Yeah. I victory is defeat. Defeat is victory. Winning is losing. Black is white. Up is down because it's very complicated and you don't understand what I'm talking about. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's very nuanced and people like you, Neil, with the little brain of the great unwashed, you don't really, you can't get it. So you just have to believe what I say. Okay. So Russian victory in Ukraine is defeat. Okay. 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 Thank you. I now understand. I'm going to tell everybody I know that that's what's going on. So I, whenever actually Russia wins in Ukraine, it'll be, yep, take that Putin. I'll, I'll learn you. Yeah. I don't know if it's that article. We led, we led Putin into a victory in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a whole spate of them. And one of them said something like, um, yeah, they're winning in Bakhmut, but, you know, the, the ratio of Russian dead to Ukraine yeah, yeah. is vast. They yeah. basically, they took, in fact, probably the objective ratio of 71 and they just flipped it. They just flat out lied and said there's 40,000 Russian bodies piled up in the yeah. cities, not yeah. the other way around. Uh, then, of course, there was the whole shovels thing. They're winning with shovels. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they know, don't like, have enough ammo. And, and finally, the kind of, how do they spin it philosophically? They said something like, there, I, I, maybe it was a Guardian version of, of, of that story. It said something like, yeah, yeah, they're winning in Bakhmut. But the thing, they don't, they're not like us, the Russians. They're winning and... Um, in a losey kind of way. Yeah, they're not a democracy. So um, any fighters who are too scared to keep going forward, even though it's suicidal, when they get if they get back to the 
their safe lines in defense in the rear, they get hit by the sledgehammer by enforcers. Right, yeah, yeah, that was a fake. Uh, a fake they just, they fake just threw that out there. No source, no, no, we're citing nothing. They just, yeah. it was just included. And I was like, okay, well, if, if you, if anyone's going to believe that, they're, they're going to believe literally anything, you know? Yeah, I've heard all sorts of outrageous stuff like 1.5 million Russians dead. 1.5 million. Right. They said that the ratio was 15 to 1. And they admitted that, like, as last year, that what do you call her, uh, von der Leyen, von der Bin Leyen has uh, said she admitted 100,000 Ukrainians yeah. dead. So they said, yeah, but the uh, Russians, Russian ratio was 15 times that. So they're basically saying 1.5 million Russians died. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's like one thing, it's one thing to come from some NAFA warshole on, on social media or something yeah. like that. But you're hearing this from politicians. So, and I can understand, like, people listen to that, they go, yeah, shovels. And, or in the media, you know, Russians are fighting with shovels. From, from a mainstream media reporter, legitimately saying that they're fighting with shovels. Um, and politicians saying the same thing. And it's like, you can't just go, oh, yeah, that's just silly, you know. You, a lot of people look at that and go, oh, that's just silly, you know. Uh, they put it at the level of just the average person in the street or in a bar or something, spouting off, giving his off-the-cuff hot take, right? Yeah. But you can't do that with politicians. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't just apply the same blasé or whatever dismissive attitude to an obviously, obviously outrageous hyperbole type statement from a politician or from the leader of, of a Western government. But that's what they're doing. I mean, how do you deal with that? You need, you need to have a different take on, on, on that level of lies and bullshit coming from your government officials. Yeah. Because. <laughs> it has implications for the future of your country when those are the people who are running it. Um, did, you, did you see, uh, and, and also more stuff came out this week, uh, the videos like Tucker Carlson putting out a bunch of videos about the January, the insurrection, uh -huh. Star, Star Trek insurrection, uh -huh. the Borg, the Borg that invaded on January 6th. From uh, Moscow. What do you call him? Jacob, yeah, from Moscow. Jacob Chansley, shaman guy video of him being escorted through uh, the Senate mm -hmm. and, and he got for 41 months what's that four years three and a half years mm. um, three and a half years jail term he's in jail right now for for um, but there's loads of video of him being escorted through of him actually standing outside saying listen um, telling people not to go in don't go in here you know blah blah and, you know his claim all along was that he just went in to kind of like He's a bit of a LARPer, you know, but he, you know, he was caught up in the moment. I'm he not saying there to, wasn't. to make, to purify or make sacred the right. Senate with a yeah, prayer. Yeah. And he so, did. He yeah. succeeded. So he was just used as a political kind of patsy or a tool basically to score political points. Yeah. So he's a political prisoner by definition. That Definitely. guy get, get that amount of time. Him and others. So, yeah. Um, that, I'm just a passing comment on that. I'm. Yeah, it's another interesting thing that this so-called MAGA Congress is having effect. So Speaker of the House McCarthy said he would get them as part of his deal with Gates when he was finally sworn in in January as Speaker. And he did. And he leaked them to Tucker Carlson's mm. team. Mm. Um, yeah. There's some, there's still some truth. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to hope, uh, it's good to see it that it, at a time when the level of lies and deception and uh, subterfuge is at such a, such a high level, um, at such a height that 
there's still some scope for pushback and people to say and for it to be officially recognized that what that person is saying or what this this narrative that they've concocted is is false it usually happens after the fact they drop it like the january 6 insurrection you know covid uh china you know russia putin hitler ukraine all that kind of stuff in the moment they put out the message and it sticks but then within a certain period of time because the lie is so egregious there has to be some i mean it would be a, it could be much worse you know where none there's no no, one's no exposure so. at all. You know? Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think the time <clears throat> period as well is shortening. Yeah. As the meme goes, you know, on social media, the, the difference between conspiracy, conspiracy theory and fact is mm. about six months right. and shortening. Um, right. So, you know, you had three or, three or four years between the beginning of Russiagate and Mueller's report saying, actually, no. And then you had just, what, two years from January 6th to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, it's it's so egregious. And they're... They have they have a perennial problem, which is that no, no matter how confused or ideologically convinced or scared or whatever the majority population is, they still staff most positions in a media company or in government and so on, and they're not cycles. Right. Yeah. You know, like the the woman who goes goes wrote the book for Hancock. She's yeah. like, um, there's some moral dilemma. Something in her went, I. This no public yeah. interest. I don't care if he sues me. Right. So, but, but someone else. I mean, people wonder about like the whole thing about nine eleven. The back in the day, nine eleven was that the, the the pushback on any nine eleven conspiracy theories was that it, it uh, so many people would have been would have had to be involved in the cover up that it's just not plausible, you know. But I mean, you see now how human psychology works, and I mean, you can get away with large scale deceptions. You know, um, and, and establish a, a narrative that is global, globally accepted, um, and it's entirely false, and it becomes part of history. You know, except for a few people who have a bit of sense. Uh, Zelensky, there's some talk about Zelensky going to the Oscars. I think the Oscars are tonight. Is that right? Or are they la- were the last night? I don't know. Tonight or last night? Anyway, Zelensky. They wanted. Zelensky, I don't keep up on such no, things. No, me neither. Zelensky wanted. Uh, they wanted Zelensky to show up at the Oscars. You know, it'd be you know another place for it to shoo him in there and say Slava Ukraini and keep sending your money, blah 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 blah. But apparently, he's not allowed to go to the Oscars, um, or just to speak remotely, more likely, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Fly yeah, in. Of course, he had to be there. In uh, but he he guess why uh, they said no? Because because the committee hates Sean Penn. No, go down. I think it's there. Uh, the Oscar producer expressed concerns last year that Hollywood was only giving Ukraine so much attention because people affected by the war were mainly white. The, let me read that again. The U.S. outlet was told Oscar's producer expressed concern last year. <laughs> he is reported to have argued that previous wars involving people of color hadn't received the same attention. So therefore... We can't be supporting this. Oh, right. So for equity reasons, Zelensky cannot speak. Hoisted. Hoisted. Oh, my God. I wonder if someone's been cute, though, and they actually don't want to give the guy airtime. I would say they're serious. (sighs) Wow. And check out this. Uh, This is one other thing. The Woke Circus. Each own. This is a headline from the Washington Times, the Washington Post. New York Times, sorry. New York Times. You saw this, right? Uh, latest update the truth finally about Nord Stream 2 oh, Jesus yeah no one believes that 
It was a pro-Ukrainian group sabotage pipelines, U.S. officials say. Now, Zelensky just recently has come out and said, it's hang nice. on a minute. Okay. They weren't Ukrainians. I don't want to say that the Ukrainians did this. The Ukrainians didn't, didn't blow up the pipeline because he's, he's a bit worried and he's saying, no, they weren't Ukrainians who did this. So we're left with a pro-Ukrainian group that wasn't Ukrainian. <laughs> Give me a short list of pro-Ukrainians that aren't Ukrainian. It's such bullshit. They've since but, given more details that there was a Greek registered yacht. Yeah, just that a, sailed by. Yeah, and dropped the bomb. Check, check it. This, this is a German. Uh, I think it's German defense minister or something, uh, or German, some German lady. Anyway, um, Bimmer. Was nicht klar zu sein no. scheint, ist die Identität um, dieser Person. Pause it there. What doesn't seem to be clear is the identity of the people, as two passports were found. But these were professionally forged, therefore there's a connection to, to the Ukraine. Because the company that rented the boat, but no clarity who's hiding behind these persons. So they found passports. Does that remind you of anything? The old passport placement that identifies the purpose? Yeah, purpose? yeah. yeah. The burning passports in 9-11. I don't know if they found them at the bottom of, of the Baltic. <laughs> <laughs> like waterproof think. passports or something? Surely but not. Maybe they find them on the boat. But anyway, um, there you go. It's the old, uh, re rehash the old uh, passport thing as proof of your claim that these people did this thing. Um, you, but there's sufficient skepticism in Germany. Um, don't have the link, sorry. But it's from reported in Bill's newspaper, their biggest tabloid. The Andromeda sailing yacht, according to the government German investigation, may have been involved in the sabotage of Nord Stream. But it does not appear to have a special mechanism for submerging a large <laughs> batch of explosives underwater. No, I thought all <laughs> standard sailing yachts had that, that, that mechanism. No, shit, I would, I'm not going to rent any more yachts. It's horseshit. Ukraine did, did Nord Stream. And no, I, I didn't save it for the show, but there's a clip. Seymour Hirsch is doing quite a few you know, informal podcasts and interviews of people. And he was in the middle of one when someone had the breaking news. And mm -hmm. he said, what, can you repeat that? And he just burst out laughing. He said, that's hilarious. I... Yeah. Um, the comedy. People, people on social media are scared about the comedy because of SBB um, or, yeah, Silicon Valley Bank. Well, this is kind of breaking news, yeah. This Yesterday. weekend, Silicon yeah. Valley Bank. Never heard of it before. Apparently, it's a big deal, though. 20th biggest bank. Had something like, I don't know how many billion. Um, apparently had a lot of companies, 1,500 companies, startups. deposits from 15 uh, Silicon Valley startups, yeah. particularly for um, kind of climate active or climate change companies, you know, like uh, renewable energy, that kind of thing. Companies all, that all, don't actually do anything. All going a bit sour. Yes. Um, they, uh, so a bit of a run in that bank. It's pretty much folded. Uh, there's another bank, talk about another bank in California, people queuing up outside to get their money out of it. I can't remember the name of it. That's another small bank. Uh, this is, it's kind of interesting because like I was saying to you earlier that it's basically symptomatic. It should be seen as a sign of a problem with the American economy, you know, because mm. uh, it relates, it relates directly to uh, inflation. This bank, uh, in a general basic sense, this bank got into difficulties because uh, of interest rate hikes. Uh, in in the past few months uh -huh. by the Fed and they to control inflation to, to try and bring inflation down they increase in, in, interest rates and uh, this company had a lot of investments in basically federally secured um, mortgage mortgage or fed, federal 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 backed a uh, government backed or federal 
mortgage-backed securities, i.e. investments that have a, give you a fixed interest rate. Mm-hmm. So they 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 bought big into these when they were when they were low interest low. rates, and then the interest rates go up, and then they have a, a problem. Um, so and they didn't see that coming, and it was signaled by the Fed like that was this was going to happen. So it's bizarre that it was some kind of serious mismanagement or whatever, where they really, you know, were exposed and didn't take action in advance when they really should have. But um, well, <clears throat> there's conspiracy theories going on about it already. Yeah, the links between current managers of SVB and their Rolled back in the day in 2008, Lehman Brothers, Brothers, uh, Deutsche Bank, and others. Yeah. It's been taken into administration super, super quick, though, within hours on Friday. Um, Apparently, that's unusual on a couple of fronts. They usually wait till the end of the day Mm -hmm. to see how the stock settled. Yeah. They came in right away. It's now, yeah, it's collapsed. It's, I suppose, what we, us laymen will call. Bankrupt. <laughs> right. And of course, it ties back. I mean, this is where you tie it back to the state of the American economy and inflation. Okay, there's inflation around the world, but inflation uh, in the US and to a large extent in, in, in Western European countries, but particularly in the US, uh, inflation is always a result of the government uh, printing presses working too fast, too hard. Overspending. Oh, throw, well, printing a shitload of money when there isn't. Um, when there aren't products enough products or enough prod, you know, uh, production to, to 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 match the the amount of money being being pumped into the economy, right? And they have to pump money into the economy to keep the American, you know, funny money to keep the American uh, the American dream going, right? Um. So, you know, it links it links back to that, and of course, we what's the cause of inflation? Well, go back to inflation started going through the roof type thing. Well, increasing uh, because of COVID, and then more recently because of America's foreign policy in uh, uh, well, Russia. Uh, well, Russia and sanctions against Russia, uh, screwing over Europe, blowing up Nord Stream two, cutting Europe off from uh, cheap Russian gas. His and and it links directly to the we talked about pre- uh, in a previous show about um, Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. Which hasn't got, doesn't seem to have a lot to do with reducing inflation. It's basically about attracting European companies now that they can't get access to Russian cheap Russian gas. Attracting uh, renewable uh, companies focused on renewable uh, tech, tech uh, and, and, and products, bringing them over to America uh, to provide that productivity to balance out the inflation. Because yeah. you know, um, inflation is basically a problem of pumping out too much money and not having the productivity to back it up, to, to, to match it or to justify it. So what do we do? Let's screw over Europe, pull as much of their industry over to America as possible and also selling you know, American gas to Europe but also pulling America, uh, European companies into America with this freebie scheme called the Inflation Reduction Act where you get massive subsidies for green energy companies. Yeah, huge... uh, It's a desperate, last desperate attempt, you know. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? And I it just stuns me that she did it again last week. On the lane went to Washington yeah, after Schultz the week before, and they both said yes, sir, yes, sir. How humiliating! Like you know, someone just blew up your energy pipelines, and you go over there to kiss ass. I mean, talk about and that's disgusting. Um, but the thing about SVB is and, and the whole economic situation, whether or not anything will come of it, we'll find out tomorrow because people are talking about wait until. Stock markets open, or the banks open tomorrow. Because the Fed is apparently well, is, is having a. Um, they're not waiting. The around. Fed is having an emergency meeting tomorrow. Yeah, not only in Britain as well. Can you put that one up? 
um, yesterday, Saturday, and today, Sunday, the head of the Bank of England, Sunak, so Prime Minister, and um, heads of industry are meeting right now to prevent contagion mm. in the UK. So this could, be this could be it, people. Or maybe not. Uh, this is the largest bank to fail since 2008. Right. Um, the value of all the other big ones in the US, well, their market value plummeted last week. And um, yeah, it, 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 you said it's a sign of the times, a symptom. Another symptom is that nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed from, two, what were the lessons learned from 2008? Uh, double down. Yeah. <laughs> Look at look at that uh, side headline. Or the, Rishi Sunak has electricity grid upgraded to heat his private pool. You know, it's just it's getting farcical. Like at this point, you know the the level of corruption. Show us the comments, Scotty. We saw something maybe in the no, that not the comments in the article. The comments on the chat. Somebody said it's interesting that the interesting that the bankruptcy happens a few days after the release of the January 6th videos. Maybe a way to distract people's attention from that. Yeah, well, it'd be a super big distraction if they actually go with it and uh, maybe, cause a maybe. major economic collapse, you know. You know, banking crisis. Sometimes it's hard to tell a, a plan apart from uh, a snafu. Um, on German companies relocating to the US, mm-hmm. an astonishing number uh a survey in Germany revealed that one in 10 German firms, major firms anyway, the ones that could do it feasibly, are thinking of relocating to yeah, the USA. 10%. A tenth? That includes BASF, it's not their entire operation, no. but chunks of it. Well, it's hollowing out the European A, a European huge industry. German steel manufacturer closed yeah. shop last week. And it's a bad idea going to America if there's some kind of economic disaster coming, you know, or some other food bar coming For down the pipe. For some reason, these people have in their heads that the, the US dollar... They, the full forever. faith in the credit of the US dollar is undiminished. It's their god. It's bonkers. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to call quits there because I have to go and do something. <clears throat> something really important. Yeah. Okay. Got really important stuff to do. Joe's business. So anyway. Joe's business. I got business to take care of. So um, yeah, I think we covered it all pretty quick. That's what we should, we should do that every week. Uh, Just but we missed stuff. Ah, what'd we miss? Go on. Give me, you got 30 seconds. Russia firing off more Kinjals. Yeah, we'll be doing hypersonic missiles. Well, we have to do, they did one before last March. Mm. Just last week they did six. And the shit, the coverage of it in the West is so schizo. It's like, yeah, they did it, but they're not really hypersonic. Well, we don't know. They say they are. We're not sure. They're just Iskander missiles souped up a bit, fired from the air. Meh. Um, But then, Inside this article that's saying it's a nothing burger, but actually maybe it's scary, you know, a schizo, schizo coverage. They quote the Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment. So the Pentagon's top, you know, the guy who's supposed to be making sure the U.S. Armory is still number one, baby. Mm. Quote, we have never been in production of hypersonic missiles. Pentagon Acquisition Chief Bill Laplante said at an industry conference this year, quote, what the hell have we been doing for seven years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been going woke. Yeah. That's the problem. That's a big part of the problem. Go woke, go broke. Okay, so next week, stock market crash. Yeah, we'll be talking about the stock market crash next week and what's happened in the weeks since then. So hold on to your, hold on to your horses, uh, strap yourself in. Things might be getting a bit rocky, a bit crazy, or they might not at all. But whatever happens, we'll uh, 
that'll be letting you know what we think about it. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. Don't forget to smash all the buttons. We'll be back next week with another show. Until then, have a good one. See ya. Bye, all. Can't stop the signal now. Mm-hmm.